Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Hey, I'm so thrilled to preach today. Pastor Daniel uh, asked me to preach, and I, I am so privileged. So, Pastor Daniel, if you're watching, thank you for the great privilege of, of taking your place this morning and declaring the Word of the Lord. I've got a great word today, and we'll read a text here in just a minute. If you want to turn there, you can. We're going to read from Genesis. We have Pastor Daniel on Sunday morning has been um, declaring the word fulfilled. Everybody say it with me. Fulfilled. You may remember Dr. Morocco's State of the Church Address uh, back in uh, January. Each year he declares a word to highlight what he believes God's going to do in the next year. And he declared the word fulfilled from the life of David, looking at his entire life and seeing how God fulfilled things. And so Pastor Daniel's been declaring the word fulfilled. And so I wanted to stay in that uh, stream of fulfilled. And I've got a great word today. If we look at it uh, in just a moment. But I, I got to tell you what happened. It wasn't too long ago, and I can't remember who I've told and who I haven't told, but it leads me into our word today in an unusual way. See, I, I needed some good sleep. I hadn't been sleeping very well. And so my wonderful, amazing wife, who's visiting her family in Texas this week, uh, she might be on. I know Dillingham's on, and there's people from Oklahoma on right now watching she might be on this morning, I'm not too sure. But uh, she had told me this one particular evening, why don't you not set your alarm, I'll wake you up at a certain time tomorrow and just try to get some sleep, whatever, whatever you can get some sleep. And I really needed some. I'd been grouchy and short-tempered and, and, uh, and all of the above. So she let me sleep in which used to be like 11 and 12 and 1 p.m., right? You know what I'm talking about? Now it's like 7 a.m. That's like really sleeping in. Wow. So she told me she would wake me up. Well, I had this dream towards the morning hours. I had this very, very uh, disconcerting dream, and it was the outcome of this dream that changed my perspective on a number of things from the Word. See, I had this dream, and it was like a demonic attack dream. And if you've ever had some of those before, you know you have to go to battle while you're dreaming. And that may sound unusual to you, but that's a real thing. In, while you're sleeping, in your subconscious, you have to get up and fight. And so I've had, I haven't had any of those in a while, but I've had my fair share enough to know as soon as it starts, I'm, I'm on the... The go, and so this in this dream, this this creature uh, that I can only relate to Medusa. Does anybody know who Medusa is? The Greek, one of the Greek goddesses with the snakes coming out of her hair, and if she looked at you, looked in her eyes, she you would turn to stone. Okay, so I'm in this uh, in this dream. Medusa is coming at me, and she's saying my name. And so I, and she's real close, and she's got like her hands out or whatever. And so I, I mean, I immediately go into action. 
declaring Jesus' name. I mean, I'm ferocious, and I'm screaming, and I'm rebuking. And then I realized I wasn't dreaming. It was my wife waking me up, and she had a towel wrapped around her head because she'd gotten out of the shower. And I was like in that, just waking up, what's going on? And here I am yelling at her, And she was hunched over trying to gently wake me up. She had this big fuzzy bathrobe on and the big towel thing. And I freaked her out and I was so loud, the kids downstairs are freaked out and they come running up the stairs. Is everything okay? What's wrong with dad? I just didn't interpret what I was seeing the right way. And I needed some assistance. I have found, as many of you have found, those of you that need corrective lenses for something, if you don't have them on, you misinterpret pretty much everything you're looking at. When I take these out, I can't see anybody's face, so I could totally misinterpret. And when we misinterpret things, if we don't interpret things the right way, we can bring destruction into our life, and we can bring destruction into our family And we can totally miss what the Lord has for us if we interpret things the wrong wrong way. If we interpret things the correct way and we see what the Lord is doing and we come alongside and work together with Him and we we interpret what He's saying the, the right way, we can bring blessing and not destruction. And that is like a lifelong lesson of mine. I've, you know had so many times I didn't have my glasses on and really missed the ball. But spiritually, we have to have our lenses on. We live in a broken, sinful nature. You live in one. I live in one. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was eight. And I I, I have attempted to live righteous and just to my greatest. But I still live in a sinful nature that construes and and is fractured in its perceptions, and I have to contend with, and constantly needs a pair of lenses on to interpret the right way, or I'll bring destruction to me and my family. That's me. Same is true for every person. Same is true for our children. And so I want to look at a one text today. Now, I generally like, whenever I'm preaching, I like narratives I love stories, and I love to pull out of stories things, but I want to look at one text of Scripture today that really is a, a culmination of, a, of a, a set of a narrative, but I only want to look at this one part because I want to preach on fulfilled, and not just the word fulfilled, but it fulfilled as being the vision of parenting. Fulfilled, the vision of parenting. If you're a note-taker kind of person, you're going to want to write that down. What did... What do you think Dr. Morocco was saying when he declared fulfilled? Well, maybe you had some uh, things come in your mind that you're some prophetic words. And right there, Dr. Morocco declares fulfilled and like, oh, this is going to be the year. And it very well could be some of those prophetic words that are, you've been praying and laboring over could be coming about. 
How did you interpret that word? Maybe it's some dreams God gave you a long time ago, like me, that I'm still waiting for fulfilled. And I heard that word and I'm like, oh, this is the year. Or did you see it like, oh, fulfilled, it's my time to write a shopping list for God and he's going to do everything on that list. And if he doesn't, then God's a liar and I can't trust him. How did you interpret that word? What kind of lenses did you look through? Well, that's why we're walking through it together on Sunday morning looking at fulfilled. And I want to look at something the Lord said to Abraham that is so profound that I want to share it today in the realm of fulfilled. The life of Abraham as a parent, uh, in this case he's a dad, but he's speaking about the generations after him. Would you look with me and would you stand for one more time as we look at this word? We're going to look at Genesis 18, 19, and then we're going to pray. It says, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Let's pray. Father, you're speaking to us today. Give us ears to hear. God, give me an anointing today to declare what you've put in my heart. And Lord, that we would, we would interpret and, 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 and have the correct lenses on today to hear what you're saying to us. Lord, not just for us, our children, but also our grandchildren, Lord, nieces and nephews, spiritual children, people you've put in our lives that we have influence in. Or for those that are in the years to come are going to have children living in their home and help us to hear today what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let's take a look at this. Abraham uh, one is the, is the uh, central character of the good section of Genesis here. And what we have is we're, we're following up in, in the story here. God made a covenant with Abraham, and it's in Genesis 12, 2 and 3. And let's just kind of look at that real quick if you want to turn there in your Bible. God made some promises in Genesis 12, 2 and 3 about the covenant. And it's not the only set of promises he gives Abraham. He also promises a little bit later uh, what lands his family is going to be living in that he doesn't currently possess, but he's going to. He also makes promises about a son, that God's going to give him a son in his old age. But let's take a look at Genesis 12, 2 and 3. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is just one of the covenant promises that God gives to Abraham. And so here's Abraham. And if you are acquainted with the story, familiar with the story of Abraham and his wife, Sarah, you know they're older in age and of the understanding that they've passed their time to have children. But yet the angel shows up, and this is where we pick up where we read, Genesis 18. The angel shows up. And meets with them, the angel of the Lord shows up and meets with them and declares uh, in a year's time he's going to come back and she'll be holding a baby. This is just before what we read. And then he's going to, uh, and, and there, uh, Sarah 
was in disbelief there. I'm just catching you up on the story. And then God says something unique, and this is what we read, but just before that scripture, God says, he's, he's, there's like a couple of angels there, and he says, should I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And then he declares what he's going to do. Not, not to Sodom and Gomorrah yet, which is just around the corner, but his family and, and says to him, why it is I put you as the father in your house. This is profound to me because of the world we live in, doesn't, they don't think like this. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I'm just catching you up. God's intentions and orchestrations were for a special holy people, a nation unto himself. That was his intentions. And he needed someone to lead the way. And he picks Abraham. It was all about God's intentions. It wasn't about Abraham's intentions. But he was looking for someone willing to walk it through to the finish line. And he finds Abraham. And declares to Abraham what is going to come. Not just from the covenant promises. But about the generations after him. And his role in it. So let's take a look because uh, what, what I find interesting here is some of the promises given by God, Abraham would not see them come about. He had to move in faith and believe that what God had declared to him was going to take place after him. And he needed to prepare his children and his children after them, and his household to receive what God had declared. He had to build in them the ability to receive what God had promised. Same is true for us. Some of the things God has declared to you, you're not going to get to see them. It's for your children and your children's children. You might be disappointed in hearing me say that. It could be because you've bought into the world's perception of what life is really about. Again, let me, let, me, let me take my glasses off. I can't see the right way. The, the, the things we see on media, the things we, some of the things we've learned in our education as a child, in school, college, whatever, those those are not some of those things don't help us see the world like it really is. Maybe you've never no, maybe nobody's ever told you that before. Some of the things you learned as a child sometimes we take them as absolute truth because they were written in a book. Just because they're printed on paper somehow they're absolutely true. That's not true. So put on the right lenses for for just a few moments I'm trying to correct some lenses about what our life is really about, especially when you have children living in your house. Because that's what God's talking about right here to Abraham. Seeds we've sown. Some of the seeds that we've sown or you've sown. Sometimes we give in something and, or serve in a certain way. Or like me, I've gone to a number of nations and locations and planted lots of seed. I've planted a lot of seed. There's a part of me that gets disappointed if I don't immediately see something, some fruitfulness from that. 
I know you do too. We like an immediate return on investment, right? God's saying something to Abraham a little bit different than that thought. Some promises are for when we're gone. God clearly knows and says to Abraham, uh, some of the things I've declared to you won't happen until you're gone. And that's his intentions. It's not, oh, whoops, Abraham's passed away. I guess his children will have to pick up the slack. No, it was God's intentions from, from declaring the promise that Abraham set up his children to receive the things. In fact, God's intentions for them to carry it out is fuel for Abraham to drive him in his parenting. They won't receive if he doesn't parent the right way. Parent is a verb and a noun. Let's take a look at this text specifically. If you could just bring that up. Tammy, thank you so much for serving back there and helping us. If you could bring up Genesis 18, 19 and just leave it up there. First part of this is uh, chosen him to direct. Everybody say direct. Have you ever directed anything? Yeah, it means you're in charge. You're directing. Directing in a job. Maybe you're a coordinator or a leadership role or a lead person on the job and you give direction. It's very interesting that in the, in the, in the, in the work world and understanding employment, we clearly understand what a boss is, but somehow the world around us wants to cloud that perception when it comes to family. There is clear leadership in family. What I'm referring to is the, the world's attempt to plant seed in our children that they can be their own boss, decide their own everything, and somehow you're too authoritarian and mean and abusive if you don't let them do that. If you haven't picked that up in today's teachings and medias and kids' shows, then you've missed something that is, that is plaguing our nation and tr attempting to get into your children's psyche. And for most of America, who doesn't have somebody like me saying this out loud, they have bought hook, line, and sinker into it. It's a tragedy, and it will bring destruction to our nation, destruction to our family. God chose Abraham to direct. That word we're referring to leadership, making decisions, deciding where we're going, how we're doing it ownership over the family, directing the times, seasons, places, how we're going to do something, how we're going to interpret something. Another way to say it is uh, Abraham was chosen to be the person out front saying, follow me, we're going this way. You don't want to go this way? That's okay. Come on with me anyway. We're going to do it. Because I'm the boss here. <laughs> Families have to be structured and they have to have leadership. If they don't, it'll bring destruction. 
Abraham, in being commanded to direct his children, included correcting the course when it needed to be corrected. I like to use the word ownership because it gives responsibility to Abraham. Responsibility as a parent. This is so different than the world we live in where we live in in a generation where parents don't want responsibility. They want to point their finger They want to offload parenting to someone else because they need to live their own dream or their own life or I just want it to be easy so it's easier to point my finger at someone else's responsibility to take care of my kids and direct them instead of their self. Parenting is ownership and that is what the Lord is declaring to Abraham, I chose you to direct your family. You have to be responsible. Let's look at the next, the next thing I want to ask you, and, and just to go with that, and that is parents uh, need models to follow. Where are you getting, let me ask you this, where are you getting your wisdom as a parent? That's a really good it's a really good question. Or as a grandparent, where are you getting your wisdom in operation? Now I may not be saying it exactly the right way. Holy Spirit help me. But as a parent, we need models to follow. We need input. I clearly know as a parent of 5 Going through the seasons of parenting. Parenting is seasonal. I don't have all the answers. My kids somehow think I do from their perception. But I don't. I desperately need help in every season. There's all kinds of places you can get help from. Some of that help will bring destruction. If this is your model... Go on YouTube and just text in help with my kids and see what pops up and start watching stuff. You're going to bring destruction onto your family. If you're just looking for an easy way for your kids to not bother you, and so you're looking for solutions, as long as they don't bother you and they're not, you know, need correcting, then somehow, you know, you're hitting a home run. That is not correct. Where are you getting wisdom as to the goal of your parenting? What's the goal? Just to make sure that they're smiling and quiet? I'm here to tell you your goal is fulfilled. To see your children, your grandchildren, fulfill what has been promised to you and them from the Lord. What has been called upon them. That has to be your goal as a parent. Is, the, is your goal to make sure that they're financially secure? Can be, but it cannot be the overriding, the overarching reason behind your parenting has got to be so that they'll fulfill, fulfill what God has for them. Fulfilled. Let's look at the next part. After him. So I chose him to direct his children in household after him. What do you think that's referring to right there? 
Why would God say that in this statement, this one statement that's so loaded? It's because God is declaring there's a time coming you're not going to be around and they have to carry on to fulfilled. They're going to bring about fulfilled. You're not going to be there. God is declaring he's a generational God at this point. When he says after him, he's declaring not only am I your God, your everything, your protector, healer, I'm your children's. And I'm looking down the generational line because he sees way farther than we do. And he's declaring, I'm making the same promises to them. He's a generational God. A clear designation that his descendants would carry the promise to fulfilled. And that Abraham has some things to pass on before he's not around anymore. Again, responsible. This is a very stark contrast to today's philosophy of life about self-fulfillment. A very stark contrast. And that's what I'm hoping, one of the things I'm hoping to put some lenses on today. So instead of seeing Medusa waking you up in the morning, you see your beautiful wife. Put your glasses on because our world and our sinful nature that we live in and are harbored inside while we're on this earth is all about me now. It doesn't look down the line. It only looks itself. Me right now, if it's not for me, then why am I doing this? Sometimes we get hindered in giving ourselves away because we don't perceive there's immediate return in serving, in prayer, in giving, ministry, life groups, being involved in a leadership role here. Sometimes we don't move in that because we don't perceive an immediate return, so we don't think it's worth our time. The thing, same thing can happen in family. If we don't perceive it's for us right now, then we'll ask ourselves, why would I do this? We can't look at our family that way. We can't look at our children that way, our grandchildren. Abraham, in, in hearing after him, he's getting a clear word from God that he has to be farsighted in his role as a parent. He has to be farsighted. He has to look down the, the timeline and, and pretend what's going to happen or prophesy what's going to happen over his family over his grandchildren and on down the line. And he has to prepare them. He has to be farsighted and he has to be intentional about his parenting. He can't just be only reactionary and let's just react to whatever happens today. He can't be reactionary. He's got to be you know, forward thinking and, and assertive and intentional in his parenting. To see fulfilled come about after him. He has to realize that God has great plans for when he's gone if he does his job right as a dad. And that's where all of his hope is. Oh, it's going to be passed down. Can spiritual things be passed down? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, at the beginning of 2 Timothy, which was Paul's last book that he wrote. This is like his closing statement of his life, 2 Timothy. And he writes to Timothy, who's like his, he's not related to him, but he's his precious son in the faith. And he writes to him and says that there's a faith living in him that was given to him from his grandmother. His grandmother had some kind of faith. It was passed to his mother, and now it lives in him, lives in him. Something inside him is active and functioning that was given to him from previous generations. Us as parents, grandparents, uh, we have to recognize we're going to pass on. We have, we're deciding now what we're passing on. You're making decisions today what you're passing on. It's happening in what you say and what's in your house and what you watch and what you listen to. It's, it's happening all around you even today. After him. To keep the way of the Lord. So the next part here is to keep the way of the Lord. What was it he was charged by the Lord to pass on? To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. It wasn't just whatever Abraham thought was great to pass on. Certainly we do have life skills and wisdom to pass on, experiences to pass on to our children. But if we have failed to pass on the way of the Lord to them, we have failed totally as parents. I do recognize that our children have their own choices. Once, once they leave your house, they get to make some choices on their own. But if they're living in your house under your direction, it better be the way of the Lord. This is the way of the Lord as long as you're in my house. And our great hope is that we have deposited enough of the way of the Lord the right way that they, that they experience God's power. It's not just memorizing scripture verses. Our children in our house need to experience God's power. They need to hear the testimonies and experience God moving on their behalf. They need to hear the word. There needs to be worship in our house, prayer in our house. They need to see repentance in our house. They need, to, receive, they need to, they, to hear repentance from parents that, that bombed it. That's me. The way of the Lord has to be the modus operandi in our house. It can't just be something we do on Sunday to show up to get a check mark. Or they're not go, that's going to be what you, they carry on. There's so much more. The way of the Lord. Uh, God's intention was to bring fulfillment to promises. But in him saying right here, uh, to keep the way of the Lord, he's clearly putting conditions on his promises. It isn't just because they're his kids that, that some of these things are going to be fulfilled. He's putting conditions. Uh, it's the way of the Lord. Righteousness, justice. 
by doing what is right and just, so that. Those, that's a conditional statement. So that. Let's talk about so that. God's intentions and desires. The reason he said so that is because he wants to bring about fulfilled. God's desire is not that we force his hand and he has to respond. His delight is to respond. His delight is to fulfill. He's on standby, waiting. I had to go buy some shoes again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You bought some last week. Now your kids are telling you their toes hurt already. Has anybody been there with their children? You, you buy them some pants. They fit. And then a month later, they start like looking like this, hanging off their shoes. Yeah, I've got several of those in my house. We're into that season right now. So my son, is he back there? Sometimes he's serving back there. Is he back there? He would probably be hiding if he was. All right. He's been telling me for a while, Dad, my, my toes are hitting the end of my shoe. And I've just ignored him because I'm in disbelief. Because they're size 13s. Father, help us. And he's telling me they're hurting his feet. And I'm like, that can't be true. No. He's just making that up. All right, son, push your toe up. You do that with your kids. You like feel for it, see if it's for real. I'm like, oh man, I gotta go buy new shoes. Who's got size 14s in this place? Wow, thank God I found some. I went yesterday to buy him some shoes. And my other son, I don't know what's going on with feet, but he's 12. His feet are bigger than mine. I wear 11s. And he's standing there looking at me, and I'm like, well, why don't you go pick out some too? So then I go over, and I'm looking in the, the, the 11s section, and they're like, oh, Dad's looking at the kitty shoes. What you doing in those little boy's shoes down there, Dad? You know, it was my delight to buy them shoes. I was so delighted to see the look on their face. They put them on, and they're like showing each other their shoes. They're like, Dad, I love these shoes. You know what? Something inside me was just like electric. I know, those of you that are parents and grandparents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you think God's not like that? He wouldn't allow us to experience that if he wasn't wanting to give us a picture of him. So when he gives promises and declarations over your family, he's like on standby to see your expression when they come about. He's not trying to trick you or like, all right, if we have to do this, we'll do it. All right, send down some provision down there, I guess. He's not like that. So that, we're talking about so that. God's intentions were to build a nation and he needed a starting point. He chose Abraham so that God's intentions would come about. Have you thought about what God's intentions are 
for the children that he's put in your house? Or the generations you won't see? Have you thought about them? I gotta tell you what the Lord said to me. I've had a challenging year. I don't mean COVID stuff and, 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 and uh, quarantine, 2020 quarantine. That was ch- parking lot church. Whatever that meant. How about, the, how about the month that the staff went down with COVID and it's me and my family here. Hey, Pastor Kirsten, come on over here and take this mic and lead us in prayer. Thank you so much. All right, Pastor Kirsten, come on over here and do the offering teaching. All right. Thank God Pastor Alex was here. Pastor Kirsten, can you turn up the volume? Yeah, I'll be right back. I'm going to turn that up. Pastor Kirsten, can you make some coffee back there? Yeah, we can do that. It wasn't that, like, I'm just kind of hyperbole here. Just to give you the picture. I forgot why I did that. It's been a challenging year. Did you know if this red button's not on the right side, I have trouble talking in this microphone? Like if it's turned this way, I'm like broke, I'm like. But if I turn it this way, it's like I'm functioning. Don't act like you don't have little quirky things in your house. I ain't the only one like that. I know, you're, you're a real person too. Like if your toothbrush touches the wrong something, you just like you're shut down. Some of you, if you don't clean your ears every day, you're like, I gotta clean. Or you brush your teeth and like, you got the way you brush your teeth and if you can't do it that way, you're like shut down. What? So it was a hard year, thank you, Minister Jan. I'm preaching tonight, too. I'm squeezed for time right now, but I'm preaching tonight, too. It's going to be a follow-up from this. It's going to be fantastic. If you have young children living in your house, what I mean is like under 10, please don't miss tonight. I want to speak into your life, and I want to give you some tools, uh, some award-winning tools. What the Lord would, would reward in your household. I want to give that to you. From working with kids and families for uh, 22 years. So it's been a challenging year. And the reason it's been so challenging is because I'm graduating my firstborn from childhood to whatever's next. <laughs> that I don't want to say out loud because it hurts. It's been extremely challenging for me emotionally, mentally. It's been really hard. I, I am, I, I, my greatest dream in the world is to be a dad. That's all I just really want. I just want to be a dad. And there's seasons in parenting, and my wife and I are entering a new season of now we have an 18 year old. I don't even know what that means. Launching, whatever. Uh, some of you are well acquainted with that. You've done that many times. And about 18 months ago, I was standing here for, on a Sunday night worshiping, and I got a vision in, in my head, and I'm like, Lord, what, what's going on here? So I have a, uh, you may be familiar with like uh, the space shuttle, and you've seen on TV back in whenever, you saw it going into space, and there's a big trail of 
smoke behind it. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And I see it going, and, and I see this in this vision while I'm in worship here on a Sunday, whatever. And I'm like, Lord, what is that? And the Lord clearly says to me, he says, it's your daughter. I'm going to send her out. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't stop weeping. I'm like, no. No, God, don't do that. That's my treasure. Don't take my treasures. Please, please don't show me that. Don't tell me that. And the Lord said something so profound, and I want you to hear this today, or I wouldn't share that. It's really a, a tender thing inside me. The Lord clearly says to me, it's why I put her in your house. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, God, I can do that. You ever thought about the kids that are in your house? Maybe your grandkids. What's at stake there that's dependent on you? Your parenting. Those of you, your grandparents, I want you to know I am a product of praying grandparents. I am alive today because my grandmothers prayed for me. That's why I'm alive. Those of you that you have grandkids, your prayers are powerful. There was a moment in time I, I was so confused, wrapped chains in my mind. I didn't know which way is up. I thought the only thing left for me was suicide. But I had two grandmas who prayed for me every day, and here I am today. They brought about fulfilled. So grandma and grandpa, your parenting days are not over. They just look different than they used to. And you are desperately needed. Don't stop praying for your kids and your grandkids. I'm here today to, to share this word about Abraham so that the children and the generations after you will see fulfilled come about in their life. I'm not here to beat you down for whatever model of parenting you do, or maybe you didn't, you know, you, you didn't give your heart to Jesus till your kids are all already out and you've, you don't know how to fix some things and maybe there's been some decisions made on their own that you don't know how to repair. There is hope for you. God can do anything. There is nothing impossible for our God. And he answers prayer. My word for you today is so that. So with just a few moments left, I want to tell you what I believe the Lord is speaking to us today. First of all, is, is, the, is the drive in your parenting. I said it before, just want to repeat it. Our parenting must be vision-driven. The vision of them fulfilling all God has for them has to be the drive of our parenting. It's got to be the motor, the engine within all the decisions. The vision of them following hard after God's heart, obeying him, it will determine and, and, and uh, change every piece of your parenting. If you have that in mind, all the other things start shaping after it. The second thing is to take ownership of our family. Get some godly models that have ownership and ask questions. I have about three dads that I go seek wisdom from for all these seasons of life. And I'll call them up and I'll, I'll ask questions and then I will say to them, pray for me, I need what you got. 
Because there's an imp- the, the reality of impartation of an anointing. You can be anointed as a parent. God will empower you as a parent. God's power and miracle working power, spirit of wisdom and revelation, the giftings of the spirit, word of wisdom, knowledge, prophetic utterances are for your family, for you as the guardian of your family prophesying over your, your kids. You need some models that, that will help you get that. As taking ownership, you have to realize you're the gatekeeper of your house. Whatever's in your house, you allowed it to be there. I'm the gatekeeper of my house. I filter media, friendships, what's being taught and heard. I filter who's walking through that door and what they're bringing with them. I don't let just anybody walk into my house and drop off some invisible friends. And if some invisible friends show up, I'm on duty. And my words can remove them from my house. I'm the gatekeeper over my home. You must be the gatekeeper. And taking ownership. God is speaking to us. Take ownership of your family. Stop. If this is you, I'm speaking right to you. Stop counting on others to raise your kids. It's on you. Whoever you keep dropping your kids off with, they're not going to stand before God for your kids. You are. That's ownership. That's responsibility. There's one person that's going to stand before God and give an account for, what, for your children. It's you. Get intentional and farsighted. And then the last thing is <laughs> seek God's help. Ask for an anointing. Thank you so much. Ask for an anointing as a parent. If you need healed, get healed. God, heal me of trauma of my family so I don't pass it on. I've got more. If you've got younger kids, please come tonight and let me give you, let me impart to you some tools from the Word that are award-winning parent tools. Not award-winning from the media and the world around us. They're not going to applaud you for what I'm going to tell you tonight. So if you're looking for that, I won't be sharing that with you. I'm going to share what the Lord says about parenting, especially with younger kids. Let's take a moment to pray today. I can tell the Lord's quickened things inside us. And we need an anointing. Anybody need an anointing as a parent? Absolutely. As a grandparent. You may need to repent of some things. You may need to start all over. We're going to do that today. You may need to go straight to your kids and say, it's a new day. Let's take time to pray for our families right now. Father, I speak over all the families here, grandparents, parents, great-grandparents. I thank you for this word today. I thank you, Lord, that there are intentions of you You made intentions and declarations, prophetic words, dreams, promises from your word, dreams you've put in our hearts that you long to see fulfilled in the lives of our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Help us today, God. Give us the right perspective and we look at our home and our children so that your intentions will come about. I thank you, Lord, for this word today brings to light 
the, the destructive philosophies of the world around us and helps us to put on the correct lenses of seeing our children, what's being said and communicated to them, of our home and what's taking place there, walking in our home and residing there, of the motor and the engine driving our parenting. Oh God, you have such great and amazing plans for our family. Things so wonderful we can't even comprehend them. We want our children and our grandchildren to receive everything you have for them. So God, do a work in us. Do a healing in us. Lord, there's so many places in our life may have been wounded from previous family or whatever that looks like. God, we need healing. I pray for every parent here today. Supernatural anointing. Oh God, I clearly recognize the greatest parenting model is spirit-sensitive parenting. Spirit of God, quicken us. Quicken us, oh God. Do a work in us so that our children will receive what you've promised. So that. Lord, that's our great desire. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.